And a very happy Friday Eve to you. That's what it was back in the good old days when Thursdays ruled the week. You know what I'm talking about. Shout out Big 12. Shout out Harpos. Welcome into the Chris Raby Show on Scoops with DannyMac.com. I'm your host, Chris Raby, Thursday edition of the program. It is the Thursday, October 15th, 2020 edition of the program. Happy to be with you this afternoon on scoopswithdannymac.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Do me a favor. Subscribe to Scoops with Danny Mac. Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hit the subscribe, leave us a review, and I'll deliver you some fresh-baked takes. We're going to do that at the moment. Danny Mac going to be with us as he is every Thursday. We will... Talk a bunch of stuff. I've got some mailbag questions that I want to get to. I want to bounce some baseball stuff off Dan. I'm sure that, you know, Randy Rosarena's name will be mentioned within the first couple of seconds because that is apparently a prerequisite for any conversation that anyone in this city has recently, uh, but a lot to get to. We will also get to our second edition of the Thursday list last week. It was things that happen in sports movies and sports TV shows that don't actually happen in real life. And I think I've got a good Thursday list topic today. It's a take that you don't believe in, but you know somewhere, somewhere out there, someone, someone believes this take. It'll be fun. Trust me. We won't take ourselves too seriously. So looking forward to hanging with Dan on this Thursday edition of Scoops with DannyMac.com. Yesterday, Rick Gaiman joined us. Still have uh, a little bit of time if you want to get involved with the CJ Cup out in Vegas. If you're going to be making DFS picks this weekend, making picks this weekend, go and check out what Rick Gaiman from RickRunGood.com said. He joined me yesterday on the program. All of the episodes of the Chris Raby Show available at Scoops with DannyMac.com or again, Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we will deliver fresh baked takes to you. So without further ado, we said it's a Thursday. That means the man himself, Danny Mac, is in the house. What's going on, man? Thursdays with Danny. Yes, sir. Let's do it. The take machine himself. The hot taker that I am. Again, Friday I told you, Eve takes. It's a very, very, uh, I think, even-keeled approach to Randy Rosarena is how I try to do this. Buddy. He's on fire. He's Willie on Mays. fire. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked so much about Gibson in 68, lowering the mound, Bill Russell changing <laughs> the width of the paint. Will they need to change maybe the rules of the weaponry that <laughs> players are allowed to take up to the plate he's after unbelievable, damage man. that Randy... Hey, he's a good player. That's why the Rays wanted him, man. Well, That's why I, the Rays I, wanted him. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Um, he's about 100 at-bats into his major league career. Let's talk after a thousand at bats, and the league has figured him out. But good on him, man. He's had a, a great run here in this postseason play, and the league will figure him out. 
and then he'll have to make the adjustment, and I'm sure he will. He's hit at every level of professional baseball, so he'll be a, a very solid major league player. That's the thing, though. He hit at every level, Yep. put up video game numbers last year, got better as the competition got better, was doing things that the Cardinals were not doing at the big league level, and then I think it was fair to wonder why even when he got called up, was still behind a number of guys and didn't really get opportunities. I think it's also fair to say that... Well, you're just jumping right into it, huh? Well, hang on, because this is a Friday Eve take, and we talked about this on 101 the Cardinals' evaluations and, and how they operate this offseason. But I'll say, as people are watching this postseason, you said adjustments will be made. Um, he's a good player, and that's why the Rays wanted him. That's why the Cardinals got the piece that they got back in Matthew Libertor. I guess it's maybe a little frustrating for fans right now that what you need and what you needed this year offensively might be Randy Rosa Reina. Yeah, I mean that player, man. I'm yeah, glad, glad to see him having success. Yeah, the Cardinals need offense. I mean that was clear in 2020, and they needed an outfielder to provide offense. They didn't have it. Now they got it a little bit at the end from Dylan Carlson, but they needed somebody else to provide offense from the outfield. Well, look what the guy's doing with Tampa Bay. It's Randy Rosarena. I, you know, if you're a front office guy, if you and I are running an, uh, a front office, but we're not, we're hot taken. So that's what, what we do. That's what we do. We come in with hot takes. Front offices, what they do is they evaluate these things over the course of the period of the time of the trade. So Libertor, we have to wait until it pans out when he comes up and the course of the deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. That's just the reality of it. But in the immediate, which is what you pointed out, which is rightfully how you look at it, man, it's lopsided right now. I mean, right now it's completely lopsided. But that's not how you evaluate the deal. The deal is looked at from the complete totality of what it looks like in the end. What did Matthew Libertor do? What did Randy Rosarena do? But right now in the immediate, yeah, it's it's totally lopsided in favor of Tampa Bay. But Matthew Libertor could be a cornerstone guy in two years when he's called up and you say, what did he do in September? Oh, my gosh, he went 5-0 and and he pitched the Cardinals in postseason play. And you say... Well, now here's the other half of that deal coming to fruition, which could happen. You just don't know. If I'm the Tampa Board of Tourism, I'm thanking Randy Rosarena for all the pub <laughs> he's he's getting our fair yeah. city because uh, I would say that 90% of the chatter about the Rays to this point, and I say this somewhat tongue-in-cheek, is about Randy Rosarena, and 90% of that is from Cardinal fans. And, so, and by the up. way, they're, they're really good. I mean, overall, yeah, they're really good. I mean, he's a really good player right now. He might be the best hitter on the planet right now, along with Freddie Freeman, who's also tearing it up for the Braves. But he has been great. Uh, there's there's just no other way to put it. I mean, Rosarena is hitting close to 500 in postseason play. He's been one of the best players on the planet, and bottom line is they are one of the best teams in in baseball, and they deserve to be where they're at. That's just the way it is. That was like a good warm-up. Yeah. That was like in high school cross-country, and we took a quick two miles before we got started. I feel like I got a hose off. I didn't know if that's where you were going right away. I just figured I'd just nip it in the bud. Randy. I just figured that's where you're going. That's a good take. Yeah. We are going to get to some takes coming up. I'm going to put you on the spot. That's fine. And I've got to take because you don't talk about some of this stuff enough. I want to know how your golf tournament went. The 18th annual uh, Dan McLaughlin Golf Tournament, it was on Monday. 
you've you've done amazing. You've raised what more than four million dollars now for the Special Education Foundation. Close to my heart, I have a brother who uh, passed the Illinois bar last year. That's awesome. And is an attorney and specializes in disability law. And getting to see the passion that people like you and and my brother have for a really really worthy cause is special. And again, man, I'll I'll pump your tires for a minute. You don't talk about it enough in the midst of a million other things going on. Usually this tournament always seems to be the first Monday of the postseason when the Cardinals are playing. So how did it go? And, and tell folks a little bit about why that cause is, is so close to you. Thanks. Um, yeah, we, we did it Monday. I actually wasn't even going to do the tournament this year. So um, because when the pandemic hit, I figured, well, there's no way we can pull this thing off. Right. Who knows where the money's going to come from? Who knows where businesses are going to spend any money if they have any? And thankfully, life got back to somewhat normal, if you want to call it that, with some businesses. We raised $225,000 on Monday, and that's I'm very proud of that, which is, for us, way down, which is great. You know, normally we do more than that, but I mean, I was just thrilled just to do what we were able to do. We staggered the people that come out. Normally, it's a shotgun start, and we, we do it out at Norwood, which has got two magnificent courses which is where the Ascension Charity Classic will be held, um, which you're wearing that hat, the Ascension Charity Classic, and they they rolled over the year that was supposed to be this year, and it'll be four years coming up. But So you can get a lot of people out there. We sold out the golf. We actually had to turn people away. Um, and so it took us over the $4 million threshold, which is 100% goes to kids. So awesome, man. Yeah, that, that need our, our help. And so when I said, I don't think we should do it this year, they said we, we have to do it because – Special Education Foundation here in St. Louis said, if we don't do it, we're going to have a lot of these kids that don't get these services. And we really do rely on this tournament to supply them with the necessary things that, that you are able to to give them. So we do things like if a kid is growing up and they and a family doesn't have the money, and I, I do see where the money goes. So I see a, a, a family applies for hearing aids or a wheelchair or smart boards or we redo a classroom or computers or whatever i mean all these different things that we try to we try to spread the wealth so to speak with what people need need um that's what we're able to do so i'm very proud of it thanks for asking and it was uh, a great event it's awesome man that's just so commendable and, and to do it this year and to do it in the midst of things being tough for a lot of people the fact that you still had the turnout and, and the support uh, says a lot. So kudos to you guys. And thank you. It's really cool, man. Appreciate it. Really cool. And that's not a take. That's just it's from the bottom of the heart. Thank you. I yeah. didn't know you're going to go there. And I appreciate that. All right. Here we go. Got some mailbag questions. I like, you know what? We need to pump that up because yeah. we were doing it for a while prior to your arrival here so, at Scoop. So I love getting mailbag questions. And we'll do it on Thursdays with you. You can email me, Chris at scoopswithdannymack.com. How about that? I love it. Let's do it, Chris. I'm official. At- Chris at scoops with dannymack.com. All right, I asked this to Andy Strickland on Tuesday. Give me the non-NHLer, and we'll take Yachty off the board. You can't answer Yachty because that would be an easy answer. Can't answer Wayno. Give that me. Was, the, I was immediately going to Wayno because I figured me, that's the easy yeah, one. Yeah, and you can't answer Randy Rosarena. <laughs> All right, the non-NHLer who would make the best NHL captain. Man, that's a good question because I think that Yachty should get a C anyway, because I was going to say that he should get it. If he comes back, he, I would I would put a C on his chest. I Cubs would. have talked about doing that with Rizzo. Yeah. Or Cubs fans have. So non-NHLer, so you're, you're going to go. That would make the best NHL captain. NHL captain. In the room. 
So we're Strick talking. said about- Jimmy Butler. Oh, okay. I was thinking like a St. Louis guy. Boy, Jimmy anyway, Butler's a good one. I mean, after said, what he said, the fire dragging dragging his team, playing forty seven minutes with, his, with a twisted ankle. Him. Yeah, half That's his team one. injured. Took him to the NBA Finals. Oh yeah, staved off elimination. It's a pretty good. Undermanned one. team. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. What about an NFL guy? There's got to be an NFL guy. So I was thinking Troy Palomalu would have made a great one. Oh, you're going with anybody? Feel like he all well, yeah. I mean. Okay. I guess we could talk active guys, but I feel Dick like he. Butkus. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll keep it active. I feel like Palomalu always, like, probably always had, like, a dislocated shoulder. Ronnie Lott. You know, cut my finger off. Any, I'm ready to go. Any player pre 1980. Okay. Basically, I found played without the use of most of their extremities. You're right. For the love of the game. Yeah. Because they were all some sort of. Some sort of merchant or steel worker in the off season, <laughs> right. and also they had to, yeah, and and also just things were different back then. Yeah, they were, man, yeah. totally it wasn't different. About this money, that's, I mean, this is great. Uh, that's a great yeah. question. I, I would have to say, but we'll say active guys. Active guys. I'm trying um, to think of a good NFL one. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to go to a, a good NFL guy um, because the passion of which they play. And I th- have to think about longevity too. J.J. Uh, Watt would come to mind, although he's not—he's been getting injured a lot, so that would maybe take away from well, that. If he played injured, he'd get the respect of the old timers, right? That- Someone that everyone respects. It listen to their voice. Like, see, like I like—I don't think Brady is. I think he's no. a little too private, a little too soft-spoken. Um, it is a good question. It is. How about Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers would be there. You'd have to have a winning pedigree, too. That would be part of it. Uh, you'd have to have success. That's a part of it. You'd have to show the leadership on and off the field. I think that's part of being a captain in your community is right. part of it. So not like um, – not like. Uh, I think Dak Prescott would have been there. Yeah. You know, he, he was definitely – and especially with the season that he was putting together. I was going to say not Antonio Brown. Um, uh, what about Alex Smith with what he is oh doing? Oh, my God. I mean, his comeback story with the 17 surgeries and near amputation of his leg, and he's back out there on Sunday. And they Sunday. get sacked six times. I was, I was nervous That, that was unbelievable him. watching that. And his, seeing his, his family's reaction, um, that's amazing. Uh, what about a baseball guy? I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of – you know, Mookie Betts would be a, a guy I'd look at. Uh, tremendous athlete, you know, community-minded leader. Yeah. Um, you know, Derek you know. Jeter would have been a guy, certainly yeah, the course. captain. I mean, Jason Veritek wore the C for the Boston Red Sox. Oh, talk about grit. Yeah. Talk about just it don't, grit. You know, catchers would be uh, – Yeah. You know, I think catchers are – Because they're kind of the field general. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, though, like – it's a physical position in the sport, too. Yeah. You know, you're getting dinged up in the sport. Which people respect that immediately. You you have the immediate respect of your teammates when you get hundred percent. You know because you do it. You right. walk the walk. Um, right. I'm trying to think though too now, and maybe this is getting a little too philosophical. But but someone whose voice carries you know even outside the clubhouse. Like I'm thinking of like Jack Flaherty and how he's taking a stand now. There is a younger generation that's willing to take on a leadership role in the union. Take on a leadership role in, in Max what's, what's happening. Max Scherzer is a great one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leadership role in where the game is headed, like stewards of the game, right? Um, yeah. And then NBA, if I went outside Butler. Oh, LeBron. Yeah. Too easy, though. So who did we settle on? 
Uh, I'm going Jimmy Butler. Dick, Dick Butkiss. <laughs> going Dick. Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I'm going Jimmy Butler. I like that one because it's it's not an easy pick and it's a good pick. Jimmy Butler's a good one. I like Scherzer. Scherzer would be different, although a pitcher is a guy that only is every other, you know, he's fifth every fifth day. You know, Anthony Rizzo is just a great one. Yeah. Plus, I mean, a guy you talk that's about come back doing from cancer, yeah. what he's done in the community. Doing everything the right way. Yes. You never hear a peep out of him. You I wanna... know you have a relationship with him. I respect oh, the hell out the of greatest, him. He's the greatest, man. And, yeah. and, and, like, you want to draw parallels in money and guys calling athletes overpaid. And, and I don't say this lightly because this is a lot of money regardless. But his deal in terms of the rest of baseball. Oh, in relative it's like terms. nothing, man. It's yeah. a $44 million contract. I think he gave away five million of it to Lurie Children's Hospital. You never hear a peep out of him. A lot of private visits to hospitals. Well, like Holiday is that kind of guy too. Was that kind of guy here? Hundred percent. You know, Lance Berkman would have been a good one too. Yes, that's another one. All right. How about in the midst of the bubble era, if you could, and you don't have to work, but I was thinking about you taking your kids to the uh, bowl game, to the uh, Michigan Alabama, Alabama game. game. Yeah. If you could go, and I think I probably know your answer based on uh, your oldest and his set of skills. If you could go to a bubble event and you guys have a private front row, it's just all yours, you're watching the event, nobody else is there, you got your run of the place, where are you going? Game seven of the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Sunday at the Masters. And walk Augusta with nobody else on the course okay, except let me for you and the that. leaders. Yeah, let me scratch that. We're going to watch uh, the. Uh, we're watching the leaders. You're walking with the big cat. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that. I, I think is that your was son probably... a tiger guy? Oh, or, yeah, or is I, he in the younger generation? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think is he like a Ricky guy. He got to see Tiger play yeah. when they came through at Bell Reve at the PGA Championship, and they got to walk uh and watch that was and that not like the greatest week ever it, they really enjoyed it because they they love golf um all my kids do so they got to, the chance to be they were very lucky to get some tickets and uh walk around the the pga championship and to see that and to be up close to those guys and they so they they took advantage of seeing those guys like justin thomas and, oh, yeah. and dj uh tiger tiger was like it's funny now that my my youngest is is getting a little bit taller now, but at back in the day he was a little bit like foot shorter, so he was like the guy out of a movie that was crawling through adults' legs to get through you know to the front row. Yep. So he was doing that. You know he was he was working the size angle to getting get to the front <laughs> and got the great view. So that was pretty cool. But he, I'll, I'll say this so real quickly. Yeah. My, my kids loved the run of the Stanley Cup. They oh, they loved it so much. So that was cool. And we went to game six at Enterprise Center. Now they got blown out by the uh, the Bruins, but still that was a cool, cool deal. For me, selfishly, I would just want to see Augusta because I don't know when or if I'll get there. But me too. in a way, I was glad the Blues got bounced when they did this year because any run would have inevitably be compared to last year. And you're right. Like last year now, yeah, forever so just, just sits alone. I was in a tent, like uh, an, an awesome tent, on the ninth green at Bell Reve on Saturday and Sunday. And so you saw the shot of Tiger. What saw it coming right at us. So he curved it right at us. And it's then incre- it just it's all the of a sudden takes a left turn, parks next to the pin. We see him come walking up, see him make the putt, give a big fist pump. 
walk off the green, unbelievable. Like, literally thought the ball was going to come into the tent and hit us. And so just, I, I've played Bell Reeve, and so I uh, was. We were in Kansas City uh, with the Cardinals, and so I was yeah, watching right. PGA.com or whatever it was. You know, the the, the exclusive camera that was following Tiger because he was still in contention. So I was watching. Well, I was supposed to be doing the play-by-play of the Cardinals, and let's just say I was a little distracted. So I had that, and I love golf. Still nailed it. Well, thanks, buddy. And so I saw I, I, I saw him kind of duck hook it left, <laughs> and he's near the, uh, you know, where all the, the tractors are and yeah. the, the green, the, you know, basically where they put all the stuff that is the maintenance sheds. And so I thought, and I've been there before, having played there, I was like, oh, well, you got to punch out. That's what anybody else would do. And he hits that shot, and I thought, oh, my God, if he hits that thing onto the green, it's the greatest shot I've ever seen. And he not only did it, then he Unreal. puts it out, and I'm like, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Unreal. Yeah. And hearing, incredible. Hearing the roars yeah. on, on Sunday when he made his run, and at one point, uh, I forget who it was, I was on 18 getting a spot. And he was on 15 or 16 where he parked it on the par three. Uh, I guess that would have been, what, 15? Yeah. And whoever was on 18 in the fairway was at the top of their backswing, and the roar was so loud that he, like, had to stop and, like, drop the club. I I don't know how many guys are able to do that because we've all been there when you're taking a swing and you cannot stop. And all I think about is this is going to be so terrible. (laughs) It's going to be awful. And then I just continue, and then it's terrible. Yeah. I like this. We'll go to the Masters. All right. Although I'll tell you what, you know, a President's Cup or a oh, Ryder, Ryder Cup. Cup or something. That'd I was be gonna, cool. I was going to go to the Ryder Cup this year. Were you really? Yeah. So guess I'll have to go next year. Yeah. Whistling Straits is awesome. I was there for the PGA. You played it. It's pretty. I've cool. not played it. <clears throat> I've not played Whistling Straits, but I was there for the PGA when Jason Day won like four or five years ago. It's pretty neat. Kohler is unbelievable. Yeah, it's a neat place. Unbelievable. All right. If your team is on the cusp, let's say you're the Chicago White Sox right now. We'll take Tony Larusa out of it. Um, they've served their penance. Uh, would you hire this offseason AJ Hinch or Alex Cora? I, I'd, I'd really have to think twice about doing it's it. It's hard. I, I really would um, because, you know, when they say, well, I didn't know to the extent of what was going on, if, if which is, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, that's kind of what we've heard, right? You know, but if you didn't know the extent of what's going on, then then how do you say then that you were in control of your club. Exactly. And and what is that what perception does that give to the guys that you're now going to come in and, and try to lead and, and and you're already needing to prove yourself to an extent? Well the White Sox were saying that, you know, basically inmates were running the asylum a little bit. They needed more direction with the guy. You know what I mean? For lack of a better term. You know what I mean? The 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 players yeah. they they wanted more direction, more guidance. They, it and was, it was, you know, Rick Renderu was hired before kind of the team that they have now that's right. going to be competitive. Like, you know, he, he was kind of a placeholder. I say that in the nicest How about way. Him? He's there right before the Cubs are ready to take yep. off, and now he's there right before the White Sox are going to take off, and the White Sox are going to win. They're oh, so good. They're unbelievable. That lineup is so good, and they have more coming through the pipeline, and yet he's he's now on the outside looking yeah. at it. It just sucks for him. It, and he's you know, a good guy. He, he's a great guy. He's, he's had a good run, though, as a big league manager. A lot more run than a lot of guys. And where that's where Tony comes in. If you get Tony, he is going to, at 76. You think he wants to do it? 
I think there's still a fire that burns there. I think his there's a difference between wanting that, wanting to compete and wanting to go through the grind of of managing. Chris, I'll right? tell you what: if he did not put a Cardinal logo on his hat, that tells me that that Reinsdorf means so much to him, hundred percent. And that's not to take away what Oakland means to him. I mean, that, that place means a lot to him too. He won there, and and that franchise means a ton to him, hundred percent. But we all know what Jerry Reinsdorf means First to him. First gig, and if Jerry. Wants him there, uh, and he hasn't come out already and said, "Look, I, I, I'm 76. I can't do this. I, I don't want to, you know, get off a plane at six in the morning and have to play a game that night and do the things that we're gonna that you're gonna do in a normal season." Um, that tells me that there's still something there. There's a fire. There's a flicker that he's at least considering it. I would be fascinated if he gets the job or takes the job of what kind of staff that he would assemble. Because he's still following the game. I mean, you, if you watch the games on TV, um, and whether you were watching in Arizona or when he was doing work with um, the the Angels or in Boston, he's there every night taking notes. Yeah. So he's around the game taking notes, and don't think for a second he doesn't adapt. He adapts. So he's he's learning sabermetrics and that side of it, and being around people that are the youth of the game and the older side of the game. So, I mean, you know, he would he would assemble an all-star staff. You know this as well as anyone in that, and I think that he gets, you know, sometimes by people who— And he'd still have accountability. Oh, the accountability like a lot of those guys have never seen. Right. And for people that haven't been around Tony or a team that he's managed, he might, for those outsiders, get painted— wrongly with the brush of being an old school guy but he and dave duncan and, and that staff is analytical as they come yes i mean they were doing th- that they were before. at the forefront of of spray charts and bullpenning and yes. um you know duncan had the big trunk with all the hand-drawn was, spray charts and stuff Th- they were analytics. the original analytics right yeah and, and now we call that stuff analytics and sabermetrics they just called it preparation right and, and he was you know at the forefront of that and, and talking to all the people that i talked to for the uh 2011 uh, a project that I worked on um, while there was no baseball uh, you know everyone in the industry sees that and I have no doubt that he would surround himself with an incredible staff probably a variety of different types of of coaches but yeah I'll be um I'll be interested to see where it goes I think it'd but, be great you know plus the, the Cardinals by the way are playing in the correct me if I'm wrong but interleague play next year is yeah. AL Central Imagine that if he came back to St. Louis wearing a White Sox uniform, how surreal that would be. Knowing Tony, though, he'd probably like have the Cardinals pull over over it, or of course he, you he know, would. He'd, he'd wear a Cardinal he, like that kills cat. Like that wear kills cat that, that he'll be working like for the Red Sox and then come in for winter warm up and and do his signing. Cat loves that. Yeah, nothing makes cat happier. Yes. All right, Chris at scoops at dannymack.com. Chris at scoops at dannymack.com. Send me your emails for the mailbag. We've got to get to a Thursday list now. All right. And we'll do that right after this break. To take break. Take a knee. Catch your breath. Back in a moment. Chris Raby Show. Scoops at DannyMac.com. Buy your way at Lou Fuse Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Fiat. Shop new vehicles online or in person. Go to Lou Fuse Chrysler Jeep Dodge.net. Buy completely online and have your vehicle delivered. Or come in and see us during Ram Power Days and drive Ram 4x4s over 11900 off or Cherokees over 9200 off. Plus, get up to 25% over book value for all trades. Buy your way at Lou Fuse Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Fiat. Schnooks Rewards, one more reason to love Schnooks. Get the app that gets you Schnooks 
Rewards. The Schnucks Rewards app allows you to earn points every time you shop for money off your next purchase. But there's so much more in the app to simplify shopping. For instance, you can get exclusive digital savings, including over 100 new digital coupons every week. The shopping list helps keep you organized, add items on the go, plus you can share it. Recipes in the app make meal planning easy. Search for recipes by ingredients and add them to your shopping list. Go to schnooks.com and check out more about the app that gets you Schnooks Rewards, the Schnooks Rewards app. Download it on the App Store or Google Play. The Schnooks Rewards app rewards you for shopping at Schnooks. All right, Chris Rabbi show on Scoops with DannyMac.com. Danny Mac hanging in studio all show like he does every Thursday. And it's time for a Thursday list, the second installment, Dan, of the Thursday list. Last week we did things that happen in sports movies and sports TV shows that don't actually happen in real life. <laughs> and you said, um, why does fence. every movie have a horse? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you went straight fence. to the glue. That's, that's a nice draw. <laughs> right. You, you said, I'll, I'll take umbrage with that. I, I, I didn't like it. I thought the picket fence worked nice, back then. Nice draw. That's <laughs> such coach speak. It All right. Is. Today's Thursday list. These are going to be off the top of our head. Since we are at our core take smiths. Yes. Hot takes. Hot takes that we don't believe, but they don't sound or they do sound so asinine that someone hosting a radio show somewhere with a segment to fill probably believes them. Okay. Okay? We're going to rattle a few off. I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll go right to where we started. Players in the 60s and 70s, they would have paid the fans for the honor of playing in front of them. Oh, yeah. They would have done it not just for free. They would have dipped their hand into their own pocket, their hard-earned off-season wages, just for the pleasure, the pleasure of playing and competing in front of them that day. Those from 1910 to 1950 absolutely played for the love of sport. That's it. They just did it for the the love love of sport. sport. Yeah, they, they didn't care about a wage. To earn that, oh. no. They're kids just, like, you know, here's here's for, a ham bone, kids. Fight over it. Yeah, just for the love of sport, for the love of the game. Really just for the honor of sport. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just, just and for then, the honor to put that uniform on, not oh. to earn that wage. There was never a bickering over a wage with an owner. No, you would doff your cap and say, thank you, sir, good day. Yes. I can't believe I get no the chance to No need to compensate me. <laughs> You know, this is this is just this is old timey stuff at its best. Yeah, yeah. So, that's why you did it. You did it for the love of sport. The love of sport. Yeah, the love of competition. The love of competition is why you did it. Doff your cap and say thank you. Is it is funny if if you really look back? I mean, we talk so much about the money that's now become a part of sports. It's all relative. It was all back then too. Oh yeah, it the was guys all back that were then. getting the signing bonuses. It was and... just three hundred dollars instead of three hundred million. Seriously. Or, or how about some of the perks? I mean, some of the bonus babies and, yeah. and their fast track to the big leagues, some of the resentment that that caused between young guys and, and veteran guys. Ted Simmons talks about that. Yeah. It's you all know? there. Well, I mean, it was the famous And then he story. doffs his cap and says, but I would have done it for the love of sport. Yeah, right. Well, that's what- I'm uh, sure all those guys' wives would have been thrilled if they had been participating for the love of sport. 
Well, Branch Rickey wasn't easy to deal with. I mean, look at some of the old stories with him. I mean, he was tough with the nickel, oh. man. Read some of the books and some of the stories on him. Tough. Tough negotiator. I once in my life, and maybe we can make this happen at some point, I want to be slid a folded piece of paper across a table, and that's like the offer. Like, look at it, kind of weigh it, maybe write, maybe scratch something back, slide it back across the table. That's old-timey negotiation. Yeah, right. That really happens. Yeah. The agents, yeah. Oh, this looks great. Where do I sign? Where do I sign? All right, so that's a good take. The love of sport. Yeah. All right. Love of sport. Which I do believe deep down there is hundred percent some love of sport. Well, but then it's a business. To put in the hours that you have to put in is for, for the, the love of sport, but then <laughs> right. you get rewarded, right? Like right. then right? it becomes a business. Like Bryson DeChambeau is maybe because he's crazy, but there's a reason that he was working out like fourteen hours a day to change his body because he is so dedicated and believes so much in what he's doing. Now payoffs will come with that you know he does wear an old-timey cap that maybe he'll doff to the pga tour and say um you can garnish my wages by the way here's a serious question so as it pertains to bob gibson which not that this is a misconception because it is true i mean most people believe in 1968 the reason why the 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 mound was lowered was because of gibson i asked gibson about that and he said well most people point to me as the reason that the the mound was lowered he said really it was the year of the pitcher he said, now, I'm kind of the poster child for that, but there was a lot of guys that were having great years. And if you look back in 68, there were. I mean, there was a ton of guys in 68 that were really good, really good. Um, and I, it made me think, like, who are the, the, the individuals now in 2020 that you would say, um, we need to change the sport because the, that individual. And the guy that I think about that I would change maybe the ball is Bryson DeChambeau. I, I would think that maybe I need to change some of the equipment to lessen because the guy's hitting at 300 bajillion yards. Yeah, although his point is, and I've read a lot about this, his point is anyone can do this like with the time I, I and the dedication. And if you roll back the ball, he's still going to hit it X amount of yards I understand further. That. But I think in general golf, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the equipment and the ball. And at some point, like something's got to give. Where because you can't, you're gonna not run, even you're gonna run out of acreage on oh, yeah with land. Yeah, with these not, golf courses. Now not they even, did tiger proof it, but now you're gonna have to do something with the equipment. Yeah, because it's not even Bryson. If you're not DJ, hitting, it's if others. you're not hitting at 300, right. You know, then you're the aberration. Right. And what does that do for the sport? I don't want to say it turns people off, like the casual golfer off, but. I think there is something to people like watching a challenge and they like watching the best in the world face a challenge. It it would be like in the NBA, if you made the rims, you know, a couple of inches bigger, then guys are all of a sudden shooting 70, 80% from three. Like, does that diminish why we watch? So I believe golf will, will try to figure something out, but you know, the players are so good, they're always going to figure out a way physically and, and with technology to get better and better. Uh, speaking of that, here, here's here's a take. Here's a take that somebody probably believes. The Thursday list, hot takes we don't believe, but believe that somewhere someone does. Bryson DeChambeau is a bad example for our children because <laughs> he's showing that he values now his brawn more than his brains. <laughs> he came in as... 
you know, the guy with the protractor in the back pocket, he knew his way around a TI-83 calculator, but now he's just uh, protein shakes and big old steaks. Brawn well, over brains. Well. Bryson's a bad example for our kids. Well. And also, which AFC East running back is making his case for the NFL comeback player of the year well. after the break? I, I can't stand that stuff. But anyway, <laughs> it drives me crazy. Brawn over brains. As it relates to my son, who is a golfer, he's pounding protein shakes now. Oh, yeah. And steaks and eggs. He'll have steak and egg. If you could give him steak, egg, hamburger every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and at 9 o'clock at night, he's in. I used to be able to do that. Well, yeah. It, wait, I was running he, cross country in high school. I Chipotle three times a day. Well, yeah. Wait until he hits about 25, and that's going to end. Because then that little gut starts to, you know. So who's, uh, speaking of the love of sport, who yeah. is uh, in the kitchen whipping this up? Who's the short order oh, kill? You it, or his mother? Oh, oh, he's doing it himself? Yeah, we, we said, we're done. So you hear the blender whirring at yeah. like 9 o'clock <laughs> at night. we know. You know, he's just dumping whatever's in the fridge yeah. and that thing. Oh, yeah. Is he getting the gains? He is actually. Yeah, he actually is. God bless him. Is he the kind of kid you think he's taking like shirtless selfies? I would say it may be happening. Yeah, this may not be good for us. So maybe that hot take there's Bryson, some truth to it. Brawn over brains. <laughs> it may be working in All right, some maybe households. we believe this. Yeah, right. Uh, you got one more hot take for me? Yeah, oh, yeah. Let what it you rip, got? babe. No, we'll, no, you go. You go. Oh, I, you want I, me to do all? Okay. Yeah, I would, we'll, just, we'll, just bounce, we'll just do a rapid fire here. Okay. <clears throat> all right. My next hot take that I don't believe, but I believe that somewhere someone does. Okay. The NCAA is setting a bad example for students. 25% attendance. Are we talking about the football stadium or the classroom? My column. (laughs) In an era where kids need to get to class, what are we telling them about participation and attendance when our stadiums are only a quarter filled? However, with Zooms, they're not getting off the futon anyway. That's a good point. But NCAA attendance... A bad example. How about Dan Mullen saying, we need 90,000 in the swamp. Unbelievable. And then they may not be able to play. That's probably not a real good look because they're getting hit with COVID right now. I have a feeling that city of Gainesville has probably developed some sort of herd immunity. Well, <laughs> maybe so. The swamp. There's something festering in the swamp. Well, that that is the, the interesting point Dude, here. Schools are going to start pushing the limits. Oh, absolutely. The boundaries. Well, down in Florida. And then you'll have people saying, if kids can't go to class, why should we let them go to football games? Well, the, the other thing My is, column. if you're, yeah, well, I'm looking forward to your column on Scoops with Thank Danny you. Mac about yep. that. Um, the interesting part about this is that Mizzou now doesn't get Vanderbilt. In two weeks, they may not get Florida. They might not get Florida. So now you're. That's the problem. Dan Mullen's packing them in. Everybody's got COVID. Well, you're going you're gonna to have three weeks off. Shout out to Ed Orgeron. If indeed. Everyone on the LSU team has already had COVID because if they hadn't been able to come up to Columbia, wouldn't have gotten the signature win. I Would you be surprised if college programs, if there are certain programs and if there are certain SEC programs that maybe went to cert- – I'm not accusing anyone of doing anything. And I will say that this does not represent the opinions of Dan McLaughlin or Scoops at DannyMac.com. Would you put it past certain coaches in the SEC to go to certain lengths to make sure that certain players? I don't think would, they would stay do that. on the field. I, I don't. I, I would. Hey be. guys, let's have a group sleepover. I would be. Yes. I don't think you'd be surprised would do that. if certain NFL teams you? went to that length. Yeah, because they get tested as much as they're getting tested. They're getting tested every day. 
How is the NFL? I mean, to the bigger point, how is the NFL going to finish a season? You know, we're 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 not not bubbled. Yeah, we're a fourth of the way through, and they're canceling games. Oh, and you got to shut it down for right. a week. You know, I, I think the only way they can do it as we move forward and with the weather changing and with more people going indoors, and it's just I mean, just look at the numbers and what's happening, and just common sense will tell you is the numbers are going to go up in certain cities. Especially, you know, as people more just look at the numbers and I'm no expert, but I mean, it just looks like numbers are going to go up as we go inside and without bubbling up with these teams. I think it's going to be very difficult for them not to be able to complete a season without pushing the games and the season back, which allows them to. I mean, they can do that. Yeah. You know, so move your playoffs back and figure out your off weeks. Yeah. I think you have to bubble the playoffs. I think right now they should institute an extra couple of off weeks and say that's that what I mean yeah after week 10 so who hasn't played after week 14 up. Just, or the entire yeah the entire league is off and then you can match them up right so you figure out who's who's deficient in some games in terms of yeah. you know who hasn't played Titans, okay. you're playing double headers we ain't gonna have double headers I know that I give Major League Baseball credit for how they got through it I oh think yeah. it's amazing how they did it you know I, I had my doubts I wasn't you know sure how we were gonna get through it they did. You never thought you'd see so much Nabil Chrismat this year for the Cardinals. Incredible how they did it. It's just incredible. Amazing. Uh, it, it is. I mean, I was. I tried to stay positive. I mean, I had my doubts, but I, I, I felt it was Got my job it. to be positive. Got you through know, it. They did. Um, I'm fascinated to see what happens next year. I think we're going to have a season. No, no question we're going to have a season. If they got through this year, we're going to get through next year. How we do it is the question. Right. You know? How they, you know, how does spring training work? How do do fans come to stadiums? Will certain ballparks be more open than others, um, or is it all open? Will media be allowed at spring training? You know, like I, I think. Do do you have um, like as it pertains for me? I have great questions about that. So am I? Am I in the bubble? If there is a bubble, you're in a bubble. Team? down there anyway you you just grind down there you have about I 90 have. million commercials to produce and you just put your head down so, it's the love of sport really it is a love of you don't sport. even draw you know a paycheck that. for your efforts nah, it's just it's just the love of the love of sport love of sport you know that it's been that way for years i mean i wait tables at night in jupiter it's a love I of sport this year <laughs> <laughs> i may have to too buddy <laughs> it's a love of sport it, every i think I don't even think the industry knows. Well, that's what I, you know, we can sit there and speculate about Yachty and about Wayno and go out and get this bat. And the Cardinals need to improve their offense and Team X needs to go out and do this. And, and, and that's all well and good. I mean, that's part of fandom. And I'm with it. And I think it's important that as fans, we should do that because that's the fun part of like having a hot stove league. It's the offseason, yeah. It's great. I love it. And that's and baseball should want that too because that's the interest of your fan, but they don't know, we don't know, and that is really scary. It is. It's scary because we just don't know. Now, to the big picture, are we going to have baseball? Yeah, we're going to have baseball. But what do teams do in this off season? That's the great unknown because we don't know what budgets can be set because they don't. You have to have fans. You've got to have fans. But now, if you don't, if you know from day one, there's no fans next year. Then you then you know okay well we can set our budget, or if you say we do know that fans are going to be there then okay here's your budget X Y and Z, it's just it's it's a great unknown. The thing that terrifies me that nobody's talking about, if it gets to that point, 
what happens to revenues, what then happens to player contracts. We think the free agent market's been slow the last couple of seasons. And then how does that affect the CBA next December? And well, here's how is I look there at, bad blood? Is I mean, Chris, we could be headed for something. Chris, that's got to be a reality, though, from everybody in the game, is that I look at like this last year. That's is, why I give the NHL credit. <laughs> well, for sure. But I look in as baseball is, hey, this is where we all, if you're a player, you got hit hard because it was, a, it was prorated. And if you were an owner, you got hit really hard because there's no fans in the stands. So maybe that was our our Armageddon, so to speak. Hope and so. now let's all come together and let's, let's for the common good. Figure it out. Yeah, let's get it together and let's let's make this thing work. So, Man, as long as we um, are updated as thoroughly via Twitter messages from Tony Clark and the commissioner's office as we were during the stoppage, I mean, every 30 minutes, the Players Association was just, was just giving takes, <laughs> kind of keeping us posted. Yeah, that needs to be a little bit better. Um, this was great. You got one take for me? You can just blast it off. On my your way my out. take is that. Just kind of yell it as you walk out the door. No, my take is that you've been awesome. Seriously. Somewhere, someone believes that. Right? Actually, you know, my take is is that, and I think a lot of people are would not believe this, is that we will have labor peace. And I'm dead serious about this. There you go. We're going to have labor peace in baseball. I hope so, man. Maybe this will. I, I firmly believe that. Help everyone appreciate where the game has been. That's what I mean. The fact that there's been peace, yeah, and you won't argue about how many seats a veteran gets on a bus and spring Because, training, yeah. again, you're going to have a situation where um, people have really been hit and hit hard this last year. And, you know, I'm not talking about the guys that are making millions. I'm talking about the other guys that have been hit really hard, the lower-level guys. Now, will the top-level guys say, we need to come together as a players' association – and we need to collectively make this thing work for our association. And the owners are going to say, we got hit really hard, too. We had nobody in the stands. So let's all come together, and we got a really nice thing going here and make this thing work for everybody because this last year was a nightmare not having fans in the stands. So let's come together and make it think this thing work. And I, I do believe that will happen. I do. I think this was the Armageddon through no fault so, of their own because a virus hit our country. Uh, it hit our world. I, oh. I believe that. A Rosa Rain who? Barry Bonds is my home run king. No. No. He's not. That's a hot take. Would you he's go, gonna, he's gonna hit eight hundred home runs. Hot taken. Would you go Musial Mays put Arena? a Rosa Reina in right? Or would you put a Rosa Reina <laughs> oh in center and You're an idiot. just kind of let him go. play between all right? Danny Mac. You're an idiot. Appreciate it. That is a funny take, though. Ryan Kelly is the home loan expert online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Just five minutes. That's all it takes. A five-minute loan approval is waiting for you at thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan and his incredible staff help people save money every day, money that maybe they didn't even know they could be saving. So what are you waiting for? It's so easy. Hop on over to thehomeloanexpert.com. Learn a little bit about what Ryan and his team do every day what they can do for you, what they do for the St. Louis community, and they're expanding into communities all over the country. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. A big thanks to Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert.
All right, thanks to Danny Mac for spitting some hot takes with us. We need a name for this segment when Dan and I hang out every Thursday. If you want to get a mailbag question in, if you've got a take, you can email me, chris at scoopswithdannymac.com, or tweet. Tweet me at C-H-R-A-B-E. Tweet Dan at Danny Mac TV. It's going to do it for us on a Thursday. Looking forward to a football Friday tomorrow. The golf gets off and running here shortly. So if you missed Rick Gaiman from rickrungood.com yesterday, go on and check out the Chris Raby show from yesterday when Rick helps us make our picks and fill out our DFS lineups before the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek in Vegas. That's going to do it. Thursday edition of the Chris Raby show on scoopswithdannymac.com. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give it a review, and I'd much appreciate that. Until tomorrow, when we talk again at noon, Chris Ramby saying be nice to each other, and as always, peace!